Hi there, this is Alvin, and welcome to Kickstar Commerce Podcast, where we share search marketing and domain investing strategies to help grow your business. In today's episode, our guest is none other than Chris Zyker, author of Dotcom Strategies and head of sales and marketing at MediaOptions.com, the industry-leading premium domain name brokerage with well over eight figures of domain name transactions completed for global clientele. In today's episode, Chris and I discuss three pillars for marketing a domain name, how brands and brokers value domain names, three major forces changing the domain market, and last but not least, domain name buying and selling trends for 2020. So with that, Chris, welcome and thank you for making time to join us today. Awesome. Super excited. Super excited. Good deal. I think a bit of backstory here then. Uh, so roughly two years ago, I attended NamesCon for the first time and uh, rather stumbled up on, up on Chris passing by. We uh, shared a brief pleasantry of introducing one another and got to talking and so have kind of I guess follow one another at a distance if you say over the last couple of years and so thought that hey this would make a great time to uh, do an interview and episode so you know hey awesome. to kick things off Chris you yeah. know share with the listeners a bit about yourself who you are your professional and personal background. Cool, cool. So I think that was either my first or second time to NamesCon, and it was interesting. Really, super new to the industry as well. Oh uh, wow! I started off so, so it was love at first sight. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, man. Exactly, exactly. Well, you're just a guy that you can get along with, you know. Um, Thank you. And it was it was interesting because you know I came into the industry in just a much different fashion than pretty much probably everyone in your audience. I mean, I came in uh, on the on the sales side, not the investor side. Now I came in. I was I managed. Uh, over $100 million businesses, anywhere from like 35 to $100 million business units selling to Walmart, Target, and Sam's Club. I managed uh, the, the, uh, the P&L that include marketing budget. My marketing budget, I had a marketing budget of $4 million. Um, you know, employees calling to me. And so I just had a much different mindset, right? Right. Uh, and I came in, I didn't come in like buying domain names, uh, but I came in marketing some of the best domain names on the planet. Like literally, it's like some amazing domain names right off the bat. Uh, my first domain name that we started to, uh, to I started a broker was Big Data. That was the, the first big domain name I marketed, uh, which we sold. Uh, I also, my first domain name I sold was workinjury.com. And uh, interesting story because uh, at the end of the negotiation, I'd forgotten to say that um, buyer pays escrow fees. And so at the very end, like you had, you know, the buyer's <laughs> saying, I'm not paying. The seller's saying, I'm not paying. And I'm like, ah, just take it out of my commission because I want to get a deal done, right? So right. I've been in the I've been in the business for like a month and I hadn't gotten a deal done. And I remember distinctly there was a a call. It was with a a big insurance company. It was with the um, the chief marketing officer and his VP of marketing. Uh, they're based in San Francisco, and um, it was like uh, it was an amazing domain. I can't tell you the domain, but let me tell you, it was a category defining .net domain. Okay, so it wasn't .com, but it was category defining. It was great. I mean, it represented. Uh, you know, one of the industries, okay, in insurance. And I got on the phone and I said, hey, you know, this is so-and-so with media options. We just want to get this domain in your radar. And she's like, domains are dead. You know, <laughs> SEM, SEO is what it's all about today. Domains are dead. And I was like, whoa, okay. Uh, I guess I don't know how to respond to that one. You know, um, uh, uh, side note, now my response, uh, well, I'll, I'll get my response in a second. And so that led me on this path and this journey to say, well, okay, I know domains sell because I work with Andrew and he sells a lot of domain names, right? I mean, 
um, collectively one of the top brokers with escrow.com awards. So I know domains sell. I know there's value. I know there's, there's a big business out there. But why would this person say that? And more importantly, like, how do I overcome that objective? And so that's really this path and this journey that I've been on over the last five years is to really um, systematize, process this, come up with the frames that uh, help me to sell um, as many domains as possible to the right buyer at the right time uh, and to really explain the market for domain names. Now, uh, quick side note, um, you know, fast forward five years, you know, right. and now I, I got a similar response. Uh, I was talking to someone just the other day and he's like, hey, Chris, you know, it was, it was a, basically this domain name was one word. It was their brand. Okay. They were using their, like their brand with like uh, an extra filler on the back of it because they couldn't acquire this. Um, and, uh, you know, we were getting negotiations and he's like, well, you know, we were at this rate before there was like, you know, the 400,000, 500,000. He's like, but my, my, um, my marketing, you know, we got a new marketing person and they're saying that domain names just aren't valuable. And I said, listen, fire them right now. I said, if they're new, they're telling <laughs> you that you need to fire them because I work with the best and the top marketers in the world. And I can tell you that domain names are foundational. It's a foundational asset to your business. It inter- right. Like it's this direct interaction. We can get into seven dimensions in a second here. I said, fire them, you know, and I turned the tables and they're like, oh, oh. <laughs> so I've actually, I've actually used that several times on people, you know, like you flip the frame, you're like, listen, what you think is, is just, is not true. And so, um, you know, part of this journey that I've been on is, is what's, I, I call it global view. Hmm. And what's the global view of people, of founders, of startups, of uh, when you're reaching out to them on domain name or when they're ready to purchase a domain name. Okay. Right. And that global view is different depending upon the um, where the the I guess the what the business is in the marketplace. Okay, so I talk about the market for domain names and I put it into a pyramid. Right. Um, and uh, Alvin, are you still good for me to go here? My yeah. No, roll? Okay. No, no, you're good. Okay. Uh, so what I do is I put that in a pyramid and I look. If you look at like the volume that's done, it's done on the, on the lower tier domain names, right? And that's what I call like your lifestyle startup. Your maybe it's your um, uh, your charity startup, right? Your nonprofit right. startup. That's the very bottom of this tier. Okay. Listen, like, uh, you know, I, I related to this, the, I did a blog on this, um, several years ago on media options. It's a good blog. You know, the guy that's re- leasing surfboards on Waikiki beach, you know, I mean, he's probably been there 25 years, you know, has like 15 surfboards. You know, I think he even has a, a website when I checked this, this story, he doesn't need a great domain name. Yeah. What is that? Uh, Cause it's lifestyle, you know, he's making, I mean, he's making like, you know, he's happy to, to make, you know, a hundred bucks cash a day. You know what I'm saying? Uh, uh, gotcha. So it's a lifestyle business, right? It's, it's just there for your lifestyle. Maybe it's about you and your goats, or maybe it's you and your chickens, or maybe it's you and, you know, whatever thing that you have at your mommy blog, whatever, you know, the reality is that it's, it's just there for a lifestyle, right? It's a hobby. Okay. Now this next tier of, uh, in this marketplace is your small business hobbyist. Now, I equate the small business hobbyists to a lot of the domains that sell in the two to $5,000, $7,000 range, right? Uh, this is that person that's just miserable in their job, right? They're laid up at night, they're drinking beer, they're, they're playing, you know, I don't know, watching Netflix or something. They're like, I, I got to do something different. I'm, I'm miserable. I hate my boss, you know? <laughs> and they come up with this idea for a business. I'm like, right, okay, right. Uh, you know, uh, I got to get the domain name. And they go and they search the domain is two to $5,000. And guess what? They have $7,000 left on their credit card. And there's a buy it now button there. And boom, they buy it now, right? Because that domain name makes their vision tangible, okay? They feel right. good about taking that action. Now, 
the reality is, is that probably 99% of them don't ever do anything with that domain. And it, and it comes down to, well, I've got this great idea for this domain, but you know, that moved them forward. Okay. Maybe that got them out of a bad spot. I don't know. There's no, you know, I was in that position at one point, so I get it. I totally get it. Uh, so that's why it's important to have a bite now on your site because that person wakes up the next morning is like, Whoa, I drank way too much beer last night. Um, yeah, dang it. I can't return that domain. Right. Or whatever it is. Right. Right. Um, and that, that's, I'm, that story is not actually true, but I mean, you follow the logic behind that. Okay. That's it's your small business hobbyists, or maybe they, right. maybe they are kind of leaning in. Um, but you know, that three to $5,000 range, that's, that's where they're at. Right. Because right. And, it, and it would be different too. If you think about it from the standpoint of if I'm having to negotiate, I can back out. Mm-hmm because there's no skin in the game versus if it's already that buy it. Now, like you said, I've already committed. Uh, and I'm yes, well past gratification. that point of transaction. Like, yeah. 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 And, and if they, and if you think about it too much, they'll think about themselves out of that. And so the, at the smaller right. range, I mean, you're better off just to have that buy it now function just so they can buy it and get it over with quick. Right. Because the worldview, you got to understand the worldview, right? The worldview doesn't really involve strategy. Okay. If there's not much logic in that, it's more the emotional, emotional, the hype and the, I'm going to make, like, I'm taking my first step. Okay. Cause the domain name for most companies, guess what? At, at this small business hobbyist, their first step to saying, I'm starting a business. Right. Their domain name. Right. And it's the, and if it's available, all the better. Yeah. Uh, the yeah. Excitement, adrenaline rush, everything hits at that moment. Yeah. So that bottom tier is like zero to a hundred bucks, right? Usually the bottom right. tier is like is registration. This tier you can go up to like, you know, it's five to seven. I've seen, you know, this go up to 10,000, maybe 12,000. But usually these are those GoDaddy sales. When, when you look at them, when you hear them right. with their sales, this is the three to $5,000 range, right? Gotcha. And, and that's why, right? You got to get into the psychology. So from there you moved and, and, and by all means, like, you know, this isn't like, this is just my interpretation of the market, okay? Right, right, um, right. And then from there you go up to your, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to simplify this, okay? You go to your regional small business, uh, or your local small business, even your local small business really doesn't need, you know, I mean, it's local, right? So I, I live in a little town, Eureka Springs. I don't know, there's 2000 people, right? Um, I mean, th- there's one plumbing store, right? I mean, it's not like they're they're not doing any online right. uh, business, but you know, they still need it. You know, they still want their website to be there. So, I mean, uh, you know, they could, they could go with, you know, pretty much any domain, you know, um, but as you move up to the right, regional, it's likely going to be open as well, just because of the the geographic location. Yeah, um, yeah. If they I mean, go I, with the geographic. Yeah, and then location. I mean, in here you might get some savvy people, right? Like, so chiropractors are savvy, right? I mean, they're under they're like they're getting in and you know inundated with Facebook marketing and hey, you got to do marketing and right. And so it it's different depending upon the size of your location, but in general, um, you know, as you move up from local small business to regional small business, right? The bigger the towns you get, the more important your your online presence is. Okay, especially if you're doing any advertising. Right. And so when you move up to your regional small business, um, you know, that's when they're spending more for domains, anywhere from like, you know, 50 to 75 and, you know, approaching 125,000, let's say. And, you know, it's important for them still because, you know, if you think about it, like your regional furniture stores, right? They still have to create clarity. Right. Uh, right. And they're, and they're still dropping a lot of money in marketing. So they understand marketing, right? Right. But they don't need furniture.com. I mean, <laughs> they could use furniture.com if not big there, but, and I don't even, I'm just making that name up, right? <laughs> who owns it. Um, or betting.com. Right. Um, but it, but it makes sense though. Like they don't necessarily need to go out or go to that premium or ultra premium level to really uh, upgrade their brand. 
Uh, well, there, there's a limit in there, you know what I'm saying? So, for instance, you think of, uh, you know, most towns have, you know, five or six other towns called that same town in different state, right? Right, like so, Austin. There yeah, are, so you, I just know off the top of my head there are 14 different cities in the U.S. Yeah. named Austin. With there you Austin. go, right? So who owns Austin Plumbing, right? Is the, is the little guy over in, you know, who knows, right? Right. Arkansas or Austin. I don't even know if Austin, Arkansas exists. It's like Austin, Minnesota, Austin, Pennsylvania. <laughs> or Eureka is another one. Eureka, yeah. you know, there's a ton exactly. of Eurekas. Exactly. So, okay, so you move the chain. Then from there you go to regional small business. I mean, regional business. Um, you go to your national business. Then you go to your, your VC-backed startups. Your VC-backed startups, your scalable startups, your viable startups, and your, your serial entrepreneurs, they are going to, they're the market that I've uh, really been targeting over the last five years, because that's the market that buys one word, two, you know, two word, you know, category defining, uh, the two letter, the three letter. It's really um, mm. that And market. why is that? Well, because uh, at that point, I mean, there's big, there's big money in the line, right? I mean, there are, a lot of their objective is to scale it and sell it. Um, you know, like ring.com, right? Selling a billion dollars. And so uh, they understand the power uh, uh, of marketing. They understand the power of like the national, um, the national presence. Um, but really, Alvin, that's a great segue into the seven dimensions, the seven dimensions. I don't even think we've hit the first topic yet, have we? No, 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 no. But this is good. This is good, though. Okay. Um, and so, I mean, in terms of those dimensions, like, you know, like you said, it, it's it's kind of like I think about it from a ring. Let's take that as an example. Ring.com, they're doing good. They're making money. and But at the end of the day, I'm like, well, why should they even really upgrade? Obviously, they end up being sold to Amazon, but, you know, kind of make it make sense. It's like, okay, well, you would expect someone who wants to actually grow their business to make that upgrade versus, hey, I need the upgrade and I got purchased. Right. Because it wasn't. After that, I, I, if I remember correctly, um, of them purchasing ring.com, then they wound up getting purchased. Right. And so I can't, well, I, 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 can I can't necessarily uh, remember what it was. Uh, okay. Well, what was that? Uh, the ring.com story? Yeah. So I, so it's just really getting down to the, to the bottom of just going, why, why are the bigger conglomerates actually willing to go out and spend what they spend for those, you know, ultra, ultra premium or ultra level uh, domain names? Right. Okay. So uh, that's, that was the same question I had because it was like, okay, well, I mean, if I'm going to sell this, I've got to believe it. I've got to have a framework to how to explain this. And that framework, I came up with my seven dimensions right. to a domain name. Now um, I can tell you this, like VCs, board of directors, startups, uh, they wouldn't purchase their domain name if there wasn't an impact, if there wasn't a very real tangible return on investment, because it would make sense. Hmm. Um, and so, uh, yes, there, there's, a, there's a very real tangible aspect. Uh, I call it the, um, the, buyer's, the buyer's framework or the buyer's frame to purchasing domain. I actually did a YouTube video on that, so check out my YouTube video. Um, and I can hit that in a second. Uh, the frame as far as how to look at it, because a domain purchase is logical, Right? There's a bit of logic. It has to make logical sense. You can't take your domain to the, the board of directors and say, hey, listen, guys, this domain is like beachfront property. Man, we're like we're on the beach, baby, right? There's a surf break right there. And the, the, the VCs and, their, and the, you know, their manager would be like, are you like, did you have a heat stroke? Like, uh, are you kidding me? Um, you know, they don't, they don't speak <laughs> like that, right? Uh, and I know this because I was in right. corporate America. I mean, I ran a business unit making $100 million. I mean, I had 
to get in there and present and justify things. And, and there has to be a logical case. But that being said, it's still very important. The, the, uh, the, the emotional case is still very much what brings it across the line. Okay. Now I'm going to go two different angles. Okay. So like really back in in a second here. Okay. Right. So I want to talk about first the buyer's journey and then we'll hit the seven dimensions. So the buyer's journey to buying a domain name. This is for the bigger domain names. Uh, it also is for the smaller domain names, but it happens at a much faster rate. Okay. The speed can happen in an instant or it could take six months. I mean, one domain I broker took three years to sell. Wow. Um, and so the first, the first, the buyer's journey to selling domain, the first, the first journey is that, A, they have to realize they have a problem. So in your, and your question is like, well, hey, do these, do these, you know, why would they buy this domain name? Well, because they realize they had a problem. Um, that could be email security, that could be positioning, that could be, you know, global positioning, industry positioning, branding, marketing, SEO, ability to pivot and, and, um, and uh, in scale. I think that's seven. Gotcha. Uh, so for instance, um, you know, you look at Zen Payroll, Zen Payroll, lost on Zen Payroll. But guess what? Like they were okay with Zen Payroll because that's what they like. They're like, hey, this is our niche, right? We're awesome. We're putting on a great product. And then it came to this point where they had to scale. And they're like, well, hey, we want to do more than payroll, but like we're defined, we're boxed in by our domain. Uh, ah, that's a problem. And so uh, I, it looks like they could have bought Zen. I think Zen is still available, but instead they bought, they went and rebranded to Gusto. Well, hmm. like why? Okay, well, first of all, it's a very personal decision, you know, is kind of what they wanted, but because Gusto gives them, it gives them room to grow, room to scale. And so that's one of the main reasons why um, you want to, you know, your domain was very impactful to your ability to scale. If you're something power or something, uh, you know, your first launch, well, guess what? Like, what if you want to do more? You can't, uh-huh. right? And so, and so you get pigeonholed in. Now, um, uh, that's, that's just one, okay, that, that's kind of one dimension. That's the scaling dimension um, right. to this, okay? And scaling is kind of broken out into three different pillars, and that's leadership, leverage, and, and scaling again, Okay being a leader in the industry, leveraging momentum and then scaling, giving us the best opportunity to scale. And we know this, every company has to scale. You have to, okay? You got to continue. I mean, you know, it's fundamental in business. I'm going to do more this year than last year, right? Now you magnify that by the amount of money that's going in, by the amount of startups that are out there. And I tell you what, Alvin, I mean, it's like, wow, you know, if you're not, if you're not on warp speed, your competition is going to blaze a trail right over you, right over you. Because, uh, you know, the amount of competition, especially for, you know, for search, for Mindshare, um, is getting more and our attention spans are getting less, right? Right. So, number one, you got to know you have a problem. Number two, you have to, you have to believe and be committed to what you're building. So, it's, it's one thing to know, yeah, you know, I've got a problem. Because I talked to founders. I talked to a major bank, okay, the other day, a banking company. And they're like, yeah, you know, um, we got a problem. Like, our emails are going to another company. Um, and we know that we got email, major email bleed. Oh. And I'm like, well, okay. I'm like, yeah, you got a problem. I said, but the email bleed, it's not just email bleed. The email bleed is indicative of traffic. It's indicative of mind share. It's indicative of positioning because mm-hmm. they're not thinking, they're thinking of this other brand. And so by default, what happens is that, um, okay, I'm not, I'm going to go, I'm going to hit the seven dimensions in a second. Okay. But they have to believe in what, yeah. what they're selling. Okay. So they, they can know they have a problem. But it's not until they get committed and not until, see, when, when a startup first starts off, they're like, ah, you know what? It's okay to have multiple brands because guess what? Uh, I'm just trying to make a profit. I'm just trying to see if this thing works, right? But there comes, there comes a point in time when this owner is like, it's not okay. 
I believe in what I'm building. I'm committed to what I'm, what I'm building. Right. I need to be the only brand that owns the positioning for this, uh, this keyword. Okay. The only, the only company out there owning this brand, I'm not going to let it uh, be open to another person. And so this commitment comes across and this commitment. So that's why they say like, you know, it's not that, and it's not necessarily that like your domain is like, is everything for your company. And if you don't have this domain, you're not going to succeed. I mean, you kind of missed the point, right? It's like a spoke in the hub. It's a foundational asset in the hub. It's one of the biggest risks a startup has, but there, it's much more than that. This commitment to saying, you know, we're doubling down, we're owning our brand, the, the, the moral boost, uh, morale boost it gives to the employees, the customers, right? Um, and, you know, this belief in what they're building. And that's why, you know, like VCs, and that's why they, they are like, wow, okay, you own that, Right. Right. Not only hard to own, but right. it's like, okay, yeah. Hey, listen, it's that intrinsic value of a brand. Yeah, we believe, okay. So from there, then it goes to negotiating and then it goes to, to getting it across, finish line, buying it. So those are kind of, that's the buyer's journey. So now going back to your one question, that's uh, why do they need it? Okay, there's seven dimensions to why a brand needs to own a domain, okay? Like of domain, of domains. The first one is global positioning. Now global positioning is how many other brands are out there that own uh, or have a stake in your same keyword. Okay. And at this point, owners are like, Hey man, but I own a trademark. And I'm like, cool. I own a trademark too. Great. Awesome. You know, it was 45 different trademark classes. You know that, right? Like, you know, uh, you know, you can do insurance, you can do, you know, pool cleaning, you can do, you know, whatever, 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 like your trademark class does not keep another business out. Um, and so the great example here is Kraken. Okay. So Kraken rum launched first back, back down in 2013 they immediately put like $15 million into their advertising. And, uh, but one little thing, they went with crack and rum. Now I know the liquor industry because I've sold domains to them in the past. And they're like, eh, you know, we don't really need it. Okay. Uh, so they're not big enough. So I'm sure back then they're like, eh, you know, it's, you know, we don't really need it. Crack and rum's fine. Don't worry about it. Well, along comes this crack, this other company called crack and crypto exchange. And I think they bought, I don't know the intricacies of the deal, Alvin. Okay. But yeah. they they got the domain name, okay? And I'm sure Cracker Rum people are saying, ah, it's crypto. Like, it's, it's like 10 bucks for Bitcoin. Like, this ain't going to be big. Like, that's ridiculous, right? Um, well, you fast forward five years, and now crypto is massive, right? It went to $15,000 of Bitcoin. I think it's like seven now, whatever it is now. Okay, well, guess what? Kraken Crypto Exchange dominates the global positioning for Kraken. Go to, right. go to search, type in, type in Kraken. And, you know, depending upon the day that you do this, Kraken Rum is on like the second and third page. Like they're not even there. And yet if you look wow. at the compounding value that they've spent in marketing, guess what, Alvin? They've spent probably $70 million maybe over, the, over since 2013. Now, let me ask Likely you a question. Have, uh, what's that? You said that they, they're basically spending like $70, $70 million. And so because they don't have Kraken.com, they're likely going to spend more money now. Yeah. So, so, okay. I'm, I'm just estimating that. Okay. Estimate if they spent 15 million right. the first year, what do they spend an ongoing, I mean, it's a cool brand. Uh, maybe they tailor it down. I don't know, but let's say it's 50 to $70 million. Okay. As the total amount, you know, over, you know, a summation of that dollars over the year. Let me ask you a question. If you went back and you're like, Hey, listen, brand manager, right. Product manager, you're going to spend $70 million of this time frame. And for $250,000, for $500,000, you can own this, 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 you know, Kraken.com, this domain name, and you can keep out this competitor and you can own the positioning for Kraken. Do you think they would do it? Yeah. 
Yeah. And if they don't fire them, <laughs> right? If they don't fire them, <laughs> it's like, of course, it's a no brainer, right? It's a no brainer. Of course, of course you buy it. Now I, 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 what I say their, their, their marketing is today, it's called direct response marketing. It's like it's in and it's out. It's like, bloop, we're out there. And then as soon as they're done, it's dead. It doesn't exist because they don't have the momentum for Kraken, right? Now, if you type in Kraken rum, I'm sure if you get specific, but I mean, their brand is Kraken. Rum is the descriptor of what their brand, what their product is. It's rum, okay? But their mm. brand is Kraken, okay? And people confuse that. So that's called global positioning. And that happens in every single industry, okay? Uh, in every single, you know, brand to some, to some extent. And so that's why you want to own the dot-com in the shortest possible fa fashion because you own the leadership position for that brand. And what I tell startups, like, listen, like, this is the biggest risk you have because who knows who's going to buy this? But I can tell you this, like, depend upon the, the size of the domain name, it's going to be someone that's well-funded. It's going to be someone that understands marketing. They're going to come in and they're going to quickly dominate the, the global position for this keyword. And you're going to end up paying money every single year as a halo effect to this other company because you've created confusion in your brand. And not only that, you're going to have to speak about your brand in a negative light because you're going to have to say, hey, don't go over there, go over here, right? We're not cracking, we're cracking rum. Okay. Right. Now you magnify that. Okay. Depend upon the industry, depend upon the company. And that's a massive uh, negative preframe for your brand because what you're doing is you're constantly putting this other brand in the forefront. Okay. Now the same thing happens when a, a customer is, so that's your employee, right? The same thing happens with the customer. They're, they're looking, they're looking and they see purple. Uh, they see an ad for purple, right? Or they see an ad for carrot. And they're like, ah, okay, that's carrot.co. But hold on a second. Um, I know carrot.com. Um, Wow. Okay. Okay. That, uh, you know, and so they have to do this mental uh, gymnastics in their brain to say now, okay, that's, uh, you know, that's not the, the dot com, the leadership that's over here. Right. And so what happens is that your message gets diluted. The impact from your, from your marketing gets diluted because you've created confusion and confusion kills. Okay. So my thesis in domaining is that your domain name equals your brand equals your brand equity. At the end of the day, it's about brand equity. It's about this thought of trust, of loyalty, of conversion, of profit, about creating long-term customers in a brand that um, in a brand that that has uh, incredible value. Okay. Ah, okay. That's the first dimension. I don't know. Do we have time to go over more dimensions? Yeah. No, no, no. We have time. We have time. <laughs> okay. So uh, that's global positioning. The next one is leadership positioning, and that's how do you how do you match up to the other people in your industry? Okay. So let's say you're tryquilt.com, you know, and everyone else is these, these one, you know, one word domains and they own the essence of their domain. Um, well, guess what? You look like the perpetual startup, right? You look like the, the brand that is, is subpar. Now people will say, well, it doesn't matter because, you know, it's about search and this, that. I said, listen, we automatically have to, have to um, make decisions in our brain and rank. It's just, it's simplicity, okay? There's a study by Reese and, I always say Reese and Reese, but I'm not sure exactly who it was, but go over to Reese.com and there's a study that um, he did back in the 70s with leadership positioning. And basically like, if you ask someone a question, like, hey, uh, you know, tell me your, your uh, you know, rank the, or, or tell me like, um, you know, the, the top five uh, or, you know, the top auto makers. Well, guess what? You end up ranking them most of the time, right? Right? Yeah. Yeah. So we rank things in our brain. So by essence, I mean, when people come when people look on search, they're looking at you. Okay. They're looking at who you are and what you are and, and making that evaluation. Uh, now it's interesting. I just saw on my phone the other day that Google was taking out URLs and just kind of bringing in like the very essence of them. 
Um, so that uh, it's interesting that they're doing that. But in the end, you still have to find, you know, the, in the end, that almost creates as much confusion because when people go to direct traffic, they're going to assume you only.com, <laughs> right? Um, and so they're going to type in this other competitor. So there's going to be a halo effect. It's like, you, you just can't get around it. I mean, domain names are important for positioning. And, and we, are, we crave simplicity. And the more confusion that you bring, uh, the more, the, the harder you make it for your customer. Uh, simplicity is um, in creating an effortless path for your customer is rewarded with trust. Trust is rewarded with conversion, uh, which leads to brand equity. Okay. Got it. So you, you get the formula. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, so leadership position, there's branding. Who owns the brand? Um, you know, the story of carrot.com is interesting because they, when they, uh, great story, by the way, give the guy backlink. Uh, I, I need to talk to him. I, I've hopefully given him like a ton of backlinks because I, <laughs> I, I say that on every time I mention it. But he was in, he like in his interviews, like I was in this in this trade show and like 50% of the people came up to me and said, hey, we love on carrot. And he's like, no, 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 no. Our brand is carrot. Our domain is on carrot, right? Uh, that's just our domain name, but they, they associated the domain name with the brand. Right. Okay. And so that's the issue that you have is that, is that you're not associated with, with the brand. Um, you know, your domain name equals your brand equals your brand equity. And the more confusion and, and hoops and like mental gymnastics you give, uh, the less impactful your brand is. So that, it, I mean, all these kind of feed each other. Okay. It's like this compounding effect to a domain name, but you know, owning your brand and branding is extremely important. And, you know, the worst thing you want is to have another brand that's out there uh, that's equally as big as you, you know, saying, hey, we're this brand. No, we're this brand, right? And you're competing there. Well, you know, usually one of them wins out or you end up paying a lot of money. So that's one thing I hear, uh, you know, billion dollar companies say is, hey, Chris, we're billion dollars, you know, what do we need it for? And I'm like, listen, yeah, you're a billion dollars, you know, but the reality is that it's not that it doesn't have an impact. You're just comfortable in your pain. You right. built it in. You built it into your PL. and so I get it. You're saying, "Well, hey, why do we need it? It's already in my PL. I'm not going to get fired for it, but I might get fired for buying it." You know, uh, and so that's that is a worldview you have to overcome when you're selling to the bigger companies because, you know, by default, you got to you got to speak to a visionary. You got to speak right. to someone who gets it and gets marketing, because by default, what happens is that, you know, I mean, in the end, listen, we look out for ourselves, and you know, this is you're not going to get fired for not buying it. Um, but you will get fired potentially, you know, if you, if you go over budget, right. Or whatever. Right. Right. And so it's easy to get in a group thing, but it does have an impact. And the reality is just you're comfortable in your pain, but the big unknown for these companies is what's going to happen when another, another company acquires. Okay. So from there you go to marketing. Marketing is the fact that you're sending traffic to another company. Okay. Uh, just only one example here. Actually two examples, hive.com, uh, where they were hive teams, they got experienced a 40% increase in their traffic just by acquiring hive.com. Wow. Making it simple. Now that could have been other kind of traffic, but it shows you the impact. Okay. You know, teamwork.com is another great example. If you, you can see that on, um, on, uh, on my blog, uh, where I have, you know, Chris, I got domain and value. Another example is I got a call from a, a guy one time and he's like, Hey, Chris, like, listen, he was an eyeglass company. He's like, man, I'm getting like 25,000 unique visitors to my site every single day. Hmm. And he's like, at first we couldn't figure out what the heck was going on. It's like this big increase. And then we started getting like customer service calls for our competitors. And we're like, no, 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 we're not them. We're, we're, we're like, this is us. And what happened is that they had a, a, a different domain they had forwarded to them and their competitor did a national advertising campaign. And it was confusingly similar to this other domain. They added other letters on, okay, created confusion. 
and they drove traffic to their competitor. Oh. <laughs> and he's like, listen, man, do I sell it? And I was like, what, how, how are you going to approach this? <laughs> hey, man, like we've got a domain that you're like uh, sending traffic to us. Like, listen, just enjoy it, you know, enjoy it. <laughs> Convert it, makes more money, you know, makes more money. Wow. Okay, uh, email security, I touched on that. I mean, uh, you know, you'd be, you'd be surprised at the sensitive emails that get sent to another company. Uh, be careful here, though, because that really ticks a lot of people off. But it's a true, uh, companies know it, founders know it, um, and IT guys know this. Uh, from there, it's the ability to scale. I'll give you the example of Zen Payroll to Gusto, many, many, many more examples. And then, uh, is that it? SEO. Yeah, I SEO. I mean, it, and it has an impact in SEO. It does. Because people are, are, more, are more willing to link it to you uh, when you have, when you are a leader in your industry when you have global positioning. Gotcha. Now that made that, that, and that, and that makes sense. It's like, when you think about it from those perspectives, um, you know, oftentimes I think it's the uh, domain investors are often guilty for falling in love or being intoxicated, uh, overly intoxicated with uh, their domain name being the biggest and brightest star out there. Um, not really ever taking uh, I guess you'd say a, a step back, if you will, to really think about that domain through the lens in which you just explained it through the seven different um, perspectives. Yeah, dimensions. Yeah. Well, here's the thing. Okay, you got to understand the global view of the people you're interacting with. Right. So I often, I so I do a daily podcast. Also, uh, it's only like five to seven minutes. It's not interview style, but just my thoughts and negotiating. And one thing is, one of the things I say on this, my videos, my YouTube videos. I've I've done several YouTube videos on this. Is that uh, the worldview of most of the people you're coming into is that domain names are important. Hey, why do I need the domain? I'm already making money. And, and, and by such, they're not going to buy your domain, okay? So if their worldview is aligned with your domain, guess what? They would have placed an offer. They would have bought it. <laughs> and gotcha. so part of my journey in, as a broker is just to really, is, is you have to crush their worldview and replace their worldview with something else, and, right? So there's different ways to do that. There's nice ways to do that. So, I mean, one way was, hey, you're, you know, fire them, right? Like I said in the beginning of the story, like fire your marketing company, right? Because, you know, I work at the best in the industry. Let me tell you something. They, uh, you know, they understand the value of domain names. You know, the perspective is, hey, listen, there's a value in this domain name. You know, there's some value this domain name has for your brand. My job is to figure out and help you to figure out that value. That value equals the domain name. Then, uh, you know, then you need to buy this domain name. You know, but let me, let me, let me tell you this. When you do this analysis, you're going to see that this domain, you know, this domain name is worth maybe 2x, 5x, 10x, maybe even 100x what they're asking for the domain name. Like this hmm. is truly a steal for your brand. Okay. So to get them through the buyer's formula, make that logical case for owning their domain name. Ah, no, that makes sense. That makes perfect sense. So then in terms of kind of moving right along here, it, so helping to frame the minds of uh, domain investors as they look uh, or seek help from domain brokers, as well as if, uh, you know, whether they're going through a domain broker or they're going directly to a customer uh, themselves, help frame up the three pillars of, of, of marketing a domain. I know uh, we had the seven dimensions that are there, but then in terms of you know, give us those, what are the three V's that a domain investor should be thinking about at okay. the time of purchasing or yes. when they're going forward, you know, to, to make that, that pitch. Cool. So I, uh, I look at this, my frame is in the three V's. Okay. I say not Gary V the three V's um, <laughs> first V is, is um, valuation. Okay. It's valuation, visibility, viability. Okay. 
if you price your domain in a different galaxy and in this galaxy, you're the only one that lives there. You're the only one that can get there. You're never going to sell your domain name. Okay. <laughs> like, what do you mean? My domain is uh, not worth $5 million. Yeah. You know, no, seriously. Like, um, and so there has to be a strategy. Now at this point I hear like, well, Hey Chris, you know, so-and-so sold their domain for, you know, a million dollars, $2 million. And I'm like, you know, yeah, I get it. But like those big investors, they have a strategy. Okay. Number one, they have FU money. Okay. Which helps. Uh, number two, they have a strategy to how they price things and they're going after a specific buyer type. Okay. Now let me explain this. So the, on valuation, there's three different pillars and I'm not, I can't get into it in depth too much here, but uh, go over, once again, go to my YouTube channel. There's like domain right. value. There's somewhere over there. Also, I did a blog post. It's like chrisziger.com forward slash domain dash name dash value. Okay. Gotcha. Now um, here's the thing. Okay. These like the first pillar is is raw equity. Okay. It's the form is this raw equity, brand equity, perceived equity. Okay, that's the framework that I had to come up with to figure out how do you price a domain name? Like, how do I explain this to companies? How do I explain this when people are calling me, asking me to sell a domain? I'm like, ah, your domain's like not worth that much. Or maybe, hey, you know, your domain is worth more than you think because of these three things, right? And so I had to come up with a way to explain this, a way to understand how the the like estabot.com works um, and why it doesn't work. Uh, and this is this is the formula that I came up with. So the first one is what's the raw equity? Now the raw equity is just the inherent equity that's built into a keyword. Okay. It's the number of times that that keyword is searched, right? Uh, and it's it's the amount that people are willing to pay for it. Now this is uh, what you'd call the Rosner equation, right? So Drew did this equation, he did a video on, on Domain Sherpa. Uh, we've got several blogs and media options. And this is, you know, what's the, you know, people are searching for it. Uh, they're willing to pay for it. And so by default, there's some level in there and a calculation in there that gets you to a raw equity value. Right. Okay. Because they're, they're literally, they're paying for that keyword. Okay. So why wouldn't they want to own the domain? Now that even, even if you, that, that then extends beyond that industry. So for instance, bluejeans.com. I mean, do you, do you know what bluejeans.com is? Uh, isn't that like a, I want to say conferencing software, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. Hey, I mean, I actually hate the domain. <laughs> <laughs> right. But well, that's kind of like cabbage, right? Cabbage.com, which is- yeah, yeah, exactly. So what happens is that that rivalry then uh, it's like, you know, it, it's a combination of the, the searches, but it goes beyond just that industry. And that's what I try to explain. Like when we're broken, let's say a industry specific domain, it's like, listen, they're like, Hey, we know the players, they're not going to pay. And I'm like, listen, you missed the point. Like hmm. you have a domain that has momentum behind it. Okay. Goodwill associated with it. Momentum that attracts other industries, that attracts other people because, okay, it's like carrot, okay? Well, hey, Chris, you know, and maybe maybe when they first start out, they're reaching out to carrot producers. I don't know, right? And they're like, hey, no <laughs> carrot producer is gonna pay that. And you're like, yeah, but it's carrot, right? I mean, it's, it's symbolic for money and whatever else and fertility and, you know? And so, yeah, it had value, okay? Okay, so that's what we call raw equity. Um, so raw equity is a number that you can kind of put your finger on. And that's the number that like Estebot uses and the different... Um, the different valuation tools right. used. Okay. And and is that I guess is Estebot the only tool that you now do you use Estebot or I, I that, use Estebot daily. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And then I guess are there any other tools that you've used that you've found to um, work or not work? Well, no, I mean I use SCM Rush and then I use Estebot. Okay. Uh now I use Estebot and I just use it for the, you know, I first want to see what it, it, it values the domain at. And then uh, I look at the overture ranking. I look at the, the exact match, the search rankings, the CPC. And then I kind of bounce that off of SEMrush to see who's more accurate. 
Um, and uh, I kind of go from there. So, but that's raw equity, okay? So there's raw equity in in your domain name, okay? It's a calculation. I mean, on, in the, on the very macro level, it's, it's the search by times the CPC multiplied by like 25%, okay? Assuming that you got up in the first page of search. Now, there's a lot of factors that'll cut that price significantly. If your domain is long, if your domain is more than one word, if your domain is three words, like you're cutting it back, you know, almost, uh, you know, 75, 8%, right? So a lot of things will cut that back to the point where um, there, there's still a lot of like levers. But my point is this, is that there's raw equity in a domain, okay? If it's if it makes sense, okay? Right. Uh, if it's completely like, you know, um, you know, off, uh, you know, then no, there's no raw equity. Okay. So, I mean, it's kind of makes sense, but from there you go to brand equity. Now brand equity is how many brands are out there that call themselves and are in this industry. Okay. So, if, you know, look at like a carrot.com, um, you know, there's 10 companies that call themselves carrot that have raised over like a million dollars. I think right. Look at hive.com there's over like, you know, 12 companies that call themselves hive in, in some variation that have raised over a million dollars. Okay. That's what you call brand equity. And so by brand equity, remember that equation, uh, earlier, your brand, your domain equals your brand equals your brand equity. Well, then what that does is that adds another increase to the value of your domain name potentially. Okay. Um, and so the more brands that are out there, the more kind of equity that's built in there, the more equity they've already built into the, their, their brand. So the more they're willing to pay. Okay. Ah. So that, that, that puts like a, another layer. Now from there, you go to perceived equity. Okay. Now perceived equity is, is why a voice.com sold for $30 million. Right. Hmm. Uh, you know, he's a Bitcoin billionaire. I think, you know, he went Bitcoin from like 3000 to 6,000. So he probably had another hundred million, you know, a couple hundred million dollars lying around. Right. <laughs> and so, you know, it's perceived equity because he knew he's like, listen, I know that I built sustainable businesses and I know that this business is either going to, it's going to, it has to be in the best thing possible. And uh, when, if I'm done, this, this, this company is going to be worth billions and billions of dollars and this investment is going to be nothing. Okay. So that's where you get your, your serial entrepreneurs that are willing to go above and beyond. Let's say they have no brand equity yet in this brand, but like, hey, listen, I'm, I'm willing to pay above this, okay? Because of the simple fact that um, you know, it's perceived equity of what I'm building. Uh, I have, I have um, it's, it's this, uh, this intangibleness, okay? It's the perception of, as far as what this domain is gonna be worth to my company, my branding. Uh, and I've done this in the past and I know that my domain, you know, so, so for instance, look at ring.com, right? Jamie spent a million dollars on a ring now and he, and he had a payout of a billion dollars, right? Uh, he said the domain alone is worth like 40, $45 million. Now, wow. do you think in his next venture, what do you think he's going to do when he, when he decides on a brand? You think he's going to go back to like get doorbot.com again? No, of course not. Yeah, of course not. Yeah. You know, he, he, because he's got experience, he's got perception as far as the value, what he's building and what it's worth to his brand. So he's going to put money down most likely, and he's going to get a great brand because he has the experience. So that's, that's kind of um, maybe like uh, we'll do it on a different podcast, but like the three market forces to like why, you know, domain names and like how to look at them. Right. But, but it's this thought of this social interaction that more and more founders and companies are getting it and they're, uh, you know, they're understanding they need to own the leadership position for their brand and for their industry. Gotcha. And so then, so, so you have the valuation. So then I guess visibility and the viability. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> so that's valuation. So make sure you're pricing it right. Then from there you go to visibility. It's like, you got to get it in front of, actually, I'm going to switch this up a little bit. Okay. Yeah. I'll go uh, v- uh, v- viability. You have to have it in front of the right companies. 
Okay. Your domain attracts who it attracts. Gotcha. Uh, if your domain name, like, let's say it's like three letter, three words, whatever. And you're like, nah, but listen, man, you know, Amazon needs this. And it's like, listen, that domaining doesn't attract an Amazon. The domain mm. attracts your, 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 your small business uh, hobbyist. That's who it attracts. Okay. I'm sorry, but like, that's the reality. Like right. they're just not going to come along. Amazon has Amazon, these bigger companies. Most people think, Hey, if only these big companies do, but they buy it. And I'm like, listen, I know all the big companies. I can tell you they won't buy it because they're investing in their brand and, you know, and, and it's timing for marketing. So it's good to get on the radar. But the reality is, is that uh, they're not, your domain just doesn't attract them, right? It doesn't attract the strategy and where they're at. And so you have to make sure you get it in front of the right companies. Now, here's the thing is that, you know, how do you get it in front of the companies at that small business hobbyist level? Right. Like, it's, it's impossible, right? Um, so you, that's why you got to have it on one of the platforms. That's why you have to have it on like FT. I like FT sites. I think they're super clear and simple. And you can put a bite now function on it. Um, I get no affiliate for that. Uh, although it'd be cool <laughs> if they gave that out. Uh, but you know, that's, um, you know, that's like, that's why it's important to get it out there. Cause you have to have, you know, it comes down to the second thing is vi- visibility. You have to get it in front of them. Okay. And you got to get it in front of the right contact. And I talk a lot about how, you know, you can reach out to the, the CEO, the VP of marketing, the product manager, and the uh, lower level marketing person, and then the IT guy. Right. And you might get five no's from all of them. And yet the CEO is like, man, how much is that? <laughs> you know? <laughs> um, and so what I found is that most of the time the IT person doesn't get it. Right. Now listen, if you are the IT person, and if you understand domain names, you can leverage that to get a seat at the table and leadership, and, and, you know, a seat at the table. Okay. And so I, I tell every IT person like this, like the biggest strategic advantage you have in your career is understanding domain names because man, you do that. Now, now you're talking to marketing. Now you're talking to, um, to the CEO. Now you're bringing up real opportunities and you're showing that, Hey, uh, you're getting a seat at, at the, uh, the conversation as far as, uh, strategies because d- domain names are at the heart. They're at the heart of scaling. They're at the heart of a company's strategy, strategic growth. Hmm. Okay. So you got to make sure it's the right company and you got to make sure you get the right person. Okay. If you get them from the wrong company, it doesn't matter. And so, uh, so then that's, so that that's an interesting point. So then it's really viability is really about the right company, right person, right timing. Um, uh, yes. Yeah. So, and then the t- there's a timing uh, impact in there, right? So, I mean, there's right. a worldview, you got to change the worldview, there's timing, there's strategies. And so what happens, and I, I just, I talk about this all the time because I just see it over and over again. Listen, there's a timing to domains. Okay. And what happens is that like, let's say we reach out on a domain name or someone reaches out and they give an offer. What happens is that, that like this false sense of security, this false sense of value creeps into the buyer, I mean, to the owner a lot of times. Hmm where they think, yeah, man, my domain's worth like 10 million. Listen, I got a million dollar offer on this. Like, you know, it's worth three, I'm gonna hold on for three million. And yet you've never received maybe another offer close ever, okay? You, get, it, it's, it, you, you end up getting this, um, this <laughs> false sense of value and you pass on it. And, I, and I, let me tell you something, I've seen this over and over and over again where domain owners pass on their perfect offer and they just, it just never comes because it's, it's like, it's the, per, it's like, Domain names in essence, okay, even the good domain names, there's a perfect buyer. Now, how many, how many buyers out there do you think are going to spend $30 million for voice.com? 
Yeah. I mean, that, you might as well I say mean, that's one. Yeah. One. Yeah. And so Maybe what happens? Two. Uh, no, one. Absolutely one. I mean, you know what I'm saying? It's like, uh, you know, I know this because I, I talked to many of the founders, right? Uh, <laughs> so how many, so you have to put that in perspective. How many, you know, if you pass on this, consider the possibility this is the only, like, this is the highest offer. Now, you know this, okay? Let's say over over the years, you've gotten like 30 offers in at $20,000, okay? Listen, you know that that by default probably isn't the, the top, right? Right. But the problem comes when you want liquidity. Mm. You're like, man, I need liquidity. And, and I'm like, well, listen, like, your domain is worth this on the liquid market. And like, but I got this, okay, I talked to one owner. He was, um, he uh, got an offer on his domain. It was one word domain name. And I want to say it was like $3 million. I can't even remember the name. It was like five letters. And uh, he, he's like, he got this offer on like back in 2010 when things were going crazy. And he's like, yeah, I kind of passed because I wanted 10 million. And I was like, well, how'd that go for you? He's like, yeah, you know, I haven't received another offer close to it ever since. I'm like, yeah. I was like, I would put your domain maybe at 500, like two, 350 to 500,000 on a good day, you know? Um, you know, you passed on that. You should have taken it. And so there's this, uh, you know, so when you need liquidity, you just can't get it. Now, think about the return. I, I, I like to say domains are an asset. And your goal in life is to manage your assets, to continue to increase your assets and increase your net worth over and over and over again. So you have this compounding effect. Okay. And so the question is, Hey, where can I take this and leverage this somewhere else? If you can't leverage it somewhere else, well then I get it. But but in most cases you can leverage it somewhere else. Okay. I mean, for some people, maybe it's paying down debt for other people. Maybe it's investing in their business. Uh, There's multiple ways, you know, let's say you're a business owner and you acquired someone and someone's bringing an offer for $250,000. Maybe that, maybe that $250,000 buys you three more employees. That'll be worth, you know, $2 million for you. Okay. Is that a good investment to sell it? Well, of course it is. Right. right? And so that's what you want to think about. Um, and I completely forgot how I got on this tangent. So then, so then let me ask you this in that, cause there, there is that one side that we go, okay, Hey, there is that one buyer for that domain. But then if that person lets that one opportunity pass, then kind of help me understand you already know that there's that one buyer because they made that offer or you approached them and had negotiations with them. But what happens if you do come to your senses and you move off that 10 million Good point. back Good. to that person? So Good what point. happens there? So what happens is that marketing and branding gets hardened. Okay. So it's, uh, it's this thought that I've already said that when it gets hardened and what happens is that they already build it, they already build the pain potentially into their, into their structure or they've already moved on to a different brand. Uh-huh. Let's say they're rebranding. Let's say they're going to a new subbrand, right? And so uh-huh. they just no longer need it anymore. Um, so have you have you had situations though where let's just say in in this hypothetical case, I had a domain out there, a dot com, one word. I put it for three million. You're like you're out of your mind. You're probably going to only get three hundred thousand, maybe, and that's wishing. But an offer comes along, two fifty. I pass on it. I wait six months. Come back. And then now, like you said, marketing is hardened, but then it's kind of like, well, hey, I'm willing to accept your 250 offer. Do you find that most people are willing to work with that offer or? In my experience, most of the time they walk, you know, now that being said, let's say it's like their brand. Let's say it's like a carrot.com, right? Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I have sold domains out there that have gotten across the finish line. So that can, you know, listen, it, it, it can take place, right? 
but now what happens is that now you're on the, you're on, you're out of leverage, right? Wow. Because now you're coming to them, right? So the, the best, best domain investors, you look at them, what do they do? They don't outbound. They wait for someone to come in. And when someone comes in, they price their domains at that perceived equity level. Hmm. Okay. And they know their domains are worth that. Now, listen, I work with some of the best also, and not every domain is priced at that. Okay. They price the domains at that perceived level for the quality of the domain name. Okay. And that's the key. Okay. Cause some domains are priced hundred thousand, some 75, some 3 million, some 10 million. Right. And right. Um, so, uh, um, so the question is, so yeah, so we get, we get people coming to us saying, Hey, Chris, um, you know, I've got this domain name, we've had offers and we want you to take it and see if you can leverage it. I want to get in this range. And in that case, um, you know, yes, we do get some of them to step up to a, to a higher amount or uh, so not usually the same amount because then they wouldn't use us. But I'm just thinking of a domain recently that 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 happened with. I mean, we ended up getting uh, you know significantly more right. uh, because we were brokering it, because we created momentum for it, because quite honestly, I mean, it was going to sell either to them or to their competitor. And so Ooh. they realized, wow, okay, yeah, this is, you know, we're working with the best here. Uh, we better buy this. So uh, it can happen. But what I found is that it, it depends on length. It depends on domain name. And, uh, you know, it's still a big gamble and a big risk because a lot of times they've moved on, they've, they've deployed their capital somewhere else. They don't have the capital anymore. And maybe that business idea has just gone out and they've already gone a different direction. So that's interesting. You just brought something up and I don't even know if you even realized it, but it's, it's the, it's the, um, the, uh, I guess for lack of better wording here, the, the value badge of partnership. So if I stand alone by myself and attempt to sell this domain, it's one price. But if I come along and get somebody like a media options that's out in front of me, it's, it's a total different perception. Yeah. Because my, my goal is to sell a domain name and it's going to sell. And so if you could put it in my hands, like you can be guaranteed that every company is that's the right fit is going to know about it. <laughs> and uh, you know, we just move domains. Now, here's the thing, okay? And, and here's like that first question you had is like, you know, do you use a domain broker? Do you not use a domain broker? It depends on your domain name, right? Depends on how you're operating. Right. Uh, the leverage to have hiring domain brokers that we can say things that necessarily the owner can't. We can educate in a different way. Okay, mm-hmm. if, if you try to do this, it could come across as you, uh, like with animosity, it could come across in a much different level. Uh, they just kind of expect it from domain brokers, right? It's just, I don't know, it's just expected from the broker. Hey, you know, they're going to push. Right. Because that's their job. I get it. Um, and so, you know, there's some level of kind of good cop, bad cop in there. Okay. Gotcha. To, to where you can really leverage that. But there's also, I mean, the biggest thing is that you know that you're with a professional that's going to get it. It's going to get it eyeballs on. It's going to get that visibility. It's it, it, You're going to get all three of the Vs, right? It's going to be priced right. You're going to get the right front companies and you're going to get the right people that can make a decision. And right. the really, the, the key is that it's just a matter of time and good domain name is going to sell when it, you know, when it comes in the right hands, you get all three of those V's matched. Right. And, I, and it's, it's interesting. I'm a visual person here. I, I'm thinking of an equilateral triangle of for the three V's. It's like when all of those are, are matched just right, you end up with, I guess you'd say the, the quintessential or the perfect deal. But if any one of those gets off, you either kind of, sh- you know, you kind of skew the deal uh, in, in a non perfect way in terms yeah. of realizing what uh, you possibly could have realized from a value standpoint. Right. Right. 
Got it. Yes, there's Got a very it. real benefit because, uh, you know, I mean, are you going to say fire your marketer? You know, I mean, you may not have that frame because you haven't said it, but I've said it over and over again, right? So I, mean, right. I can say it. I can say it in a way that's joking, but still serious, right? Uh, right. You know, listen, you got to fire them. Fire them right now. I'm telling you because they're no good. Uh, I don't know if the marketer was listening, but that would have been pretty embarrassing if they were, you know? <laughs> no worries. So then kind of moving on here uh, towards this last topic. So let's talk about 2020. I mean, it's the end of 2019. Obviously, I, I, I'm assuming here just based on what I've seen through Twitter, uh, Media Options has had a good year. You've had a great year. So let's talk about what do you see on the horizon for 2020 in terms of domain name buying and selling trends? What should investors be on the lookout for? So, I mean, I'd say you know, really get in and follow the trends in your specific industry. Like, like what's really, what are the trends that are happening? So maybe, you know, make sure you're on marketing blogs, uh, you know, ad age, you know, startup blogs, right. To see where investments is coming in. Uh, I think that that one word domain names, I'm looking at much broader. Okay. I would like one word domain names are still going to be the biggest trend in the industry going into, going into 2020. Gotcha. Um, I, you know, just, and they're going to continue to have a broader appeal to different industries, not necessarily in their own industry. I have multiple startups coming to me today looking for brands and they, you know, it can be, it's one of the most difficult things and agonizing things knowing you got to launch this product and this company, but you just can't get that, that brand that's like, ah, spot on. Right. Right. Um, and so, you know, one word domain is interesting. I think that just in general, I think some category-defined domain names are going to continue are going to come back, and they're going to come back uh, in style. Um, and I mean, so you know, logical question is what categories? I I can't really tell you, right? You know, but I can tell you that that you know they you know find your niche, find your industry. So it's interesting. One, you know, I have people approach me for domains in the medical space, and they're like, "Hey, Chris, you know, this is a great domain." And it's like, I, listen, I get it. Okay. Uh, you know, we sold um, uh, flu.com. Okay. So I, I know pretty much every single major player in the industry. Okay. Uh, but I said, if, you know, I, I jumped on a marketing uh, blog in that industry once, and they were going through the, the fact that companies were going from symptom based domains in marketing to branded based domains in marketing. Okay. Uh. The pendulum swung back. Now, I haven't checked it out recently, but at some point that's going to swing back, right? So every industry has this swing, this swing to it, right? Um, that is going to take place. But I, in, in general, I am, I'm still very bullish on, on domain names. And I think it's a matter of finding niches that are really taking off. Don't necessarily go crazy in the niche, pick right. some good domain names. Uh, but I can tell you that that, you know, there's a lot of deals that are still out to be had in that five to seven, you know, that three to that three to $7,000 range. And if you get enough of those, you can make some, you can make some real money. Gotcha. And so a lot of this is, you know, cause if you're, and you're not talking, like you said, you're specifically talking one word.com. And so obviously if you're investing in uh, three word or even uh four word, which, you know, like I said, I mean, you're, you're, you're kind of out there. Um, on a ledge, if you will, but it, bringing it back in, you know, from a domain investing standpoint of moving from three word to two word to one word, uh, ultimately, what would you, you know, suggest for someone that's saying, hey, I want to get to that 
oneword.com, but how do I begin to, okay, yeah, to that, strategize yeah, that's, to get there? That, that's fair. So, I mean, I would say go back to the domain valuation and look at the raw equity. What's the, what's the essence of the raw equity of your, of your domain, what it represents? Is it how we speak, right? Right. Uh, and look for, those, look for those gems that have good raw equity. You know, there's search that are out there. There's coming that are willing to pay for that keyword. Hmm. I still think there's a lot of great domain. I don't have them on top of my head, Alvin, because I'm just, right. I'm, I'm swamped and like, I'm trying to close several deals. <laughs> uh, but uh, I do see it. I see it. Like I see domains that I like. I'm like, ah, wow, I really like that domain, you know? Right. Um, so, I mean, pay attention to the raw equity uh, and pay attention to the brand equity. How many brands are out there? How many domains are out there? And, and I think that, you know, if, if there's no raw equity in the domain, or the series domains, or maybe like a close offshoot. Well, then, you know, tough time, right? Got to make sure that you're not adding the S to it, and the S doesn't kill the value. Like I see some domains is like they added the S to the first word, and it's like well, it's just it's just not how we speak. Yeah, or adding, or, or what about the uh, whole proposition? Now I know Drew would definitely have an opinion of this, but adding a Z or replacing the S with the Z. So let's say you have Joy Rides dot com uh instead of the s on the end you got this you have a z uh that would be your small business hobbyist right correct i mean it, it could sell but i mean it's just not i mean i i wouldn't i wouldn't put money there i would more i'd rather you go for two to three word uh domains that have um that have raw equity right okay. And I can't, I can't, I can't give you examples. I wish I could. Right. No worries. But, but what, once again, it's like when people come to me and they show me the domains, I'm like, okay, well, um, you know, um, let me look at. So, so, uh, so let me give you one. Let me just throw one out here. I'll be vulnerable and I don't care, you know, if I get the bat or whatever. So. Oh man, I can't, I can't be mean to you now. Okay. (laughs) So what about makeagreatdeal.com? Um. I mean, I like it. I like it. Um, <laughs> I sent some hesitation. No, no, I know I like it. I'm, I'm just trying to think once again. It's like those deals, they're just hard to they're hard to find people to market for. It's not that there's not right. value. It's not that you can't um, I mean, it's not that it's it's like it's how we speak, right? Right. So I would say I, I mean let me look at it here. Do you have a do you have a, a buy it now page up? Uh no. No, I, I don't think that I do. Um but it, it was just one of the ones that came to mind. That I was like, okay, what about makeagreatdeal.com? Um, but like you said, I mean, it's about, you know, speak. It's okay, about- so, yeah, so that's good. I- I'm talking like, um, you know, industry, you know, maybe more industry type words. Industry Correct. Type. So you think, of, you think of domains, right? There's brand, there's sub-brand, there's marketing, and there's defensive, right? Those are the three major reasons why someone buys a, buys a domain name, right? Uh, it's for a brand, their main right. brand. It's for a sub-brand, right? It's a company that owns multiple brands, looking up to... To, to scale. Uh, it's for marketing campaign domain name where it's a feeder, like SEO, and then it's for defensive reasons. So, uh, you know, what domains would fall around in that function that are around a specific industry? So, you know, make a great deal. I mean, it's just, it's well, first it's long, you know, uh, but it's hard to, it, I don't know who I would um, necessarily we'll right. market it to. Yeah. Um, uh, what's the domain I like? It's uh uh, do the work.com. Right. Okay. I love do the work.com. I love this domain. I love it. I would love to buy it from this guy's a great marketer too, by the way. Uh, you're like, um, he switched up to his wife, but, uh, and he has, um, he has badass agents. That's his, that's his other domain. Gotcha. So, 
you know, that's his brand. It's pretty good. I, I mean, this, like, I think this is great. Do the, you know, do the work. It's how we, how we speak, right? How many right. companies would love to have that? Uh, so I think, you know, uh, make a great deal. I mean, that could be, uh, you know, it could be along the similar lines to someone um, in, you know, that that's a personality type. I just don't know. It'd be, be difficult to figure out, you know, who that would come up, you know, who, who would be the perfect buyer. But I'd say, you know, with that, maybe, you know, get a, a buy it now page, maybe put a little bit of um, content or text around. There's content, maybe a picture, you know, I've seen, I've seen some, some good ones done with like a picture, like, whoa, that's beautiful. Right. And, um, and so was, they're helping it out from a contextual standpoint or helping the person visualize a dream, what it could Yeah, because, be. okay, because once again, right, those smaller domains are about emotions. Right. Right. Got it. Okay. It's not about logical cases there in a sense, but logical case is much smaller because depending upon what you're asking for the domain, it's not as big. And so the logical case doesn't have to be logical cases. I've got money in my bank account, you know, uh, I'm going to do this. Right. Got and it. so it's like emotions, like it gets them excited. So that, that's where it can help. It, but, you know, it can also hurt you if, you if you're too niche, but I mean, in general, um, and it's just, I mean, I'm sure other people will disagree with me, but that's just my thought. Right. 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 Uh, on the bigger domains, it may not be as, as helpful in the bigger domains, but on the small domains, it could help. Got it. Um, Got it. Uh, but yeah, like do the work. I love that one. And, you know, once again, like, you know, different industries, you know, like there's real estate, you know, like, you know, that's always going to be hot. Insurance is always going to be hot. You know, medicine, AI, uh, you know, AI is a difficult one because, I mean, I don't know of many smaller companies that do an AI. Right. I mean, they're usually big, right? I mean, I, I don't even, I couldn't even, I'm just so, I'm, they're much, they're so much smarter than me. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like, uh, I don't know, like how many AI companies can you have, right? You can have right. a couple of big ones, but in the end, like how, how many players will be in that industry versus you go to other industries, there's more players, more people get involved. Uh, health is always going to be huge, right? I what mean, about pharma? Because, you know, I mean, pharma names seem like they're like five, six, maybe seven characters long. And for whatever reason, they're pronounceable. Right. But then, but their options are just unlimited, right? It's like, I've got no idea how they come up with their names. That'd be a cool, I'm, I'm sure. <laughs> right. Listen, I came across this marketing blog once and it was super neat. I, I can't even tell you which one it was, but I mean, like they had like, it was like a conference and they just kind of laid out all this stuff. And I was like, wow, it's really neat. Like how they, the marketing and how it was pivoting and how it was symptom going to back to branded. And it gave me a lot of perspective into the industry, but yeah. So I mean, I would say, you know, there's still, there's still things to be had. I mean, uh, someone I follow on LinkedIn, he bought cleansleeping.com. Huh. And that was a great price. I like that one. Right. Uh, um, well, what about you know, some, here's another one that I have sneeze less. So symptom based, right? Right. So symptom base. And, um, uh, so I would have to be, you know, I mean, you'd have Almost to like get product. in Yeah. Yeah. So you'd have to get in front of their, in front, you'd have to get in front of the right, the right, um, company. But right. I mean, I would say that's one that you have to, you know, if you reach out, I would keep the, the outreach very simple. Like, Hey, you know, broker domain, which one get a radar, you know, if you, if you consider it. You know, let me know if you have any. Let me know if you have any interest, right? Or, right. or what's the best way to get the deal with your team? Like, you want to keep it very, very simple on your outreach, and that's that's. Listen, this is a tip I'm giving your audience that <laughs> like a hundred thousand emails, okay? Um, and by default, what you're looking for is you're looking for the person to lean in, okay? You're looking for that that leaning in. You're looking for, um, and you know, you're paying attention to what their worldview is when you're presenting it. 
Right. So a lot of times the, the thought in that worldview is, hey, I'm just trying to, you know, just, you're looking to keep that conversation up and running. Gotcha. Going. Okay. So you don't want to burn that bridge. Like, okay, cool. Yeah. I'll just check, you know, appreciate the response, you know, and then you kind of drop it. Right. You don't, if they don't, if I reach out to someone, unless they're like the, they're the perfect, if they're the perfect person, I'll come back hard. Uh, but if depend upon the scale where they're at, I may say, Hey, you know, appreciate you thinking of me. I mean, appreciate the response. You know, please let me know if you need help in the future. Hmm. You know, I'll, I'll come back like that. Gotcha. Uh, and then I might follow up with them in three months. Hey, you know, just want to, you know, I might, I have some creative ways to get it back on their radar to see if timing changed, to see if it changed. Gotcha. Gotcha. Well, then I guess in, in terms of wrapping up, I got three final questions for you. The first being, what would your advice be to someone wanting to start domain investing? Uh, I would say there's still opportunity. I would say going over to namebio.com and download the app and go through that, go through the, there's a quiz there that you can take mm-hmm. uh, with like what domain sold for nice. and like a game and, and just play that game. Uh, so you get a familiarity with, with what it, what it happens. I would say, listen to your podcast, listen to my podcast, like try to get educated and domain was, Sherpa. Yeah, domain Sherpa. Yeah, domain Sherpa is a great resource because they go over the domains what they sold for. So I would say give yourself some time, like real before you go deep, you know, into like categories, deep into industries, and you're like, I bought fifty, you know, fifty domains in this one around this one, you know, thing. Take your time, right? Uh, and, and when you say time, like how much time would you recommend? You know, some people it's like, oh, a couple of weeks or some for it's a year, some it's three months. Okay. What I mean, take your time is like, don't jump all, you know, like you're going to make mistakes, but make sure you limit the, those mistakes. Ah, gotcha. Okay. So I see. So not a time people, limit. Yeah. I mean, I mean, the reality is that, uh, you know, the arbitrage is out there, but you know, <laughs> it's not out there to where you think, right? Like, well, hey, no one's got this one extension, this, uh, you know. <laughs> I don't know. I'm going to, I don't want to point one out, but like this one, uh, you know, I'm going to register all these one words in this one extension. And then you're like, look, these are great. And then people are like, well, the reason why they register is no one wanted them, you know, because uh, they didn't sell. So <laughs> right. just take your time in that aspect, really, you know, educate yourself. And, and, and I would rather see you get some good quality domains than domains that aren't, aren't as much quality. So come back to that, that raw equity. Gotcha. So, Think about how they people talk about it. Think about how many companies are out there in that industry, and and arbitrage is there. The ability is there, but just make sure that you get uh, make sure you get quality domains and make sure there's, there's some raw equity. So I hope then, that makes sense. No, that that makes perfect sense. So you know, so obviously, definitely take that that advice for what it's worth, domain investors. But then, kind of shifting here to brands that are either on the verge of. Uh, you know, they're doing a startup or they're upgrading or even possibly divesting a domain name, you know, what would your advice be to them as they prepare to enter into uh, that sort of, uh, I guess you transaction, if you will. Okay. Uh, I just want to jump really quick back to the other question. There was a a video, I think a video done by GoDaddy at the last NamesCon that was super good. And it went over exactly what they would recommend doing to get in the industry. Okay. The fact that like, if you had like a 1% churn on your domains, how you pick them up, how you evaluate them. And so go back and look at that, look at that video. I want to say I saw it on YouTube somewhere. Um, and I don't know if it was Paul Nichols, if that's the gentleman's name or not. 
was it the uh, sweet spot uh, domain investing strategy? I don't know. Yeah, I, I think it was Paul called. Nix. And if so, well, yeah, either way, I can go, hey, go back. There is an episode that I did here uh, called Sweet Spot Domain Investing Strategy, where I basically did an overview of Paul's presentation, gave oh, my own cool. thoughts and, and everything about it, as well as included his uh, original presentation. So Awesome. What did you uh, think of it? I thought, I thought it was great um, because I think oftentimes in this industry, we domain investors can be kind of, I guess you'd say, kind of plugged away in a back closet somewhere, kind of doing their own thing. Um, and I, I thought that the information that he provided, especially the metrics around uh, how many domains, you know, they would recommend buying um, in right, terms of right. what that strategy is and what the sweet spot was from a pricing standpoint to a uh, actual <laughs> converting of sales, excuse me. Yeah. And so, yeah. I thought that 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 was if you know, like you said, if you're coming into the industry, that's one great yeah, place yes. to start from. I, I thought that was a great. I, I might even go back and watch myself. Let me, <laughs> let, me let, let me shoot me over the links here to your podcast. I will. I want to make sure because that really was a great story. So back to the other question, what would I do? I would say like, uh, you know, if you look at carrot.com, you know, they said hey, they wish they would have used a broker. You look at there was another one, several big domain purses this, this past year, the owner said, you know, they wish they would have gotten a broker involved because they end up, you know, paying too much money for their domain name. And, and some of it was just how the interaction went about and what happened. Uh, but I would say, you know, if, if you are, I mean, you, you're going to want to, you know, I mean, it always helps to get an expert in the field. Uh, you know, obviously I would say reach out to me. Um, but, uh, well, speaking of reaching out to you, I mean, so how can everybody, brands, investors, and brokers, I mean, how can they contact you and where? Thanks, man. <laughs> I appreciate that, Alvin. <laughs> uh, that was not planned, by the way, everyone. Um, uh, no, so you can reach out to me at chrisziger.com and at mediaoptions.com. So mediaoptions.com, you can see all, all the stuff we have there. Uh, and then chrisziger.com, I do my daily podcast over there. And, and that's Ziker, Z-U-I-K-E-R, right? Yes, thanks, though. Yeah, Chris Z-U-I-K-E-R at, uh, yeah, dot com. And then mediaoptions.com. Um, gotcha. so I would look at those two. And, I mean, I would just say this, like, it's, you know, your domain name is, I think, one of the, it's, a, it's an asset. It's a strategic asset. It's not a marketing expense. And it can be resold again if, if your business doesn't work. But it's it's it it is one of it, it's one of the the I think the best investments a company can make, especially awesome. because most companies are online today, and it's the interactions, the pathway. It's about creating an effortless path for your customer. Awesome, and, and with that, I mean that's a perfect way to put the put a bow onto uh, this episode. And so, I mean, with that, we're out of time. So, Chris, man, hey, thank you again for joining us today and sharing. Yeah, I enjoyed it. Your, your domain investing uh, brokering journey and experience as well as wisdom and insight, uh, you know, for how to best assess and value uh, buying and selling domain names. Awesome. Enjoyed it. 
Most definitely. And thank you, listeners, for tuning in to Kickstart Commerce, where we share search marketing and donating name strategies to help grow your business. Please subscribe to this podcast via iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, or Podbean. Last but not least, please visit kickstartcommerce.com to subscribe to the weekly newsletter sharing tips and tricks about the disciplines of digital strategy. So thanks, and that's all for now. 